You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from His Word today. All right, let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to Psalm 139, one of my favorite psalms, beautiful, beautiful psalm. Wednesday night, I ask our people to pray that God would just lead and guide me very clearly into his will concerning this morning's message. I have about five messages that are on my heart to deliver to you. And so I really needed to have the mind of the Lord and the Lord did clear, clearly direct me to bring this message to you this morning. I've entitled the message today, What? is the condition of your heart. Are you concerned at all with the condition of your heart? Here in Psalm 139, and we're not going to read the whole Psalm, I'm going to read the first few verses and we'll jump to the last two. David said, O Lord, thou hast searched me. God has done a thorough search of your heart and he knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart O Lord thou hast searched me and known me God knows everything about you thou knowest my down sittings and my uprisings thou understandest my thought afar off thou compass my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but thou, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. It's pretty clear there that God knows everything that you think, everything that you do, and he knows and takes note of every word that comes out of our mouth. Now at the end of the chapter, David says this, search me. The second time that word search appears, it means to do a thorough searching. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. You may remember that from past messages, the book of Proverbs was written from the heart of a father to his son. Now, we only know of one son that Solomon has. And he doesn't write to my sons. He writes singularly to my son. Now, the only son that we know that Solomon had was Rehoboam. And so, as David had instilled good words of instruction and counsel and the word of God into the heart of Solomon, Solomon is now seeking to do the same thing and speak into the life and into the heart of Rehoboam. The sad thing about Rehoboam is he didn't listen to the counsel of his father. And as you follow the life of Rehoboam, after the death of Solomon, Rehoboam takes the throne. And instead of listening to all the good words of instruction that his father had given him, he decided he was going to do it his way. And his way did not work very well because you may remember the kingdom became divided between Rehoboam and Jeroboam. Rehoboam was left with only two tribes. Jeroboam was left with ten tribes. The nation was divided from north to south. And for 17 years that Rehoboam reigned, there was nothing but civil war between Jeroboam and Rehoboam. And listen to me, thousands upon thousands of men lost their lives because Rehoboam would not listen to the council and the instruction of his father. 
It is a very sad thing when you see a young man or a young lady who rejects the counsel, especially of godly parents, and pursues their own course in life. Understanding the background to the Proverbs, let's pick up with Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 10. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings. And the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right paths. Often there are children raised in godly homes that not only think that they know best how to live their lives, but they actually will resent their father and resent their mother for trying to give them good, sound, godly advice. Not only that, they will develop an attitude towards the preacher because it just seems like the preacher's always going against what they want to do in their life. He said, I have given you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. Look at verse 12. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not what? Listen, that is the heart of every parent for their child. Young people here today, listen up. God has blessed you. Most of you here, God has given you wonderful, godly parents who are deeply concerned about your life, who have done nothing but sought to speak into your life and give you the direction and counsel and instruction that you need, that God's blessing would be upon you. Don't play the Rehoboam. Verse 13, take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked. And go not in the way of evil men. Verse 20, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, a perverse lips. Put it far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder, ponder. Stop and think about the way that you're living. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. And then chapter 5, verse 1, my son, attend unto my wisdom. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the preaching of your word today. Speak so clearly that we will not misunderstand what you through your spirit is trying to communicate to us today through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One thing I have prayed today as I bring this message is God would give all of us here today a tender heart. Not a hard heart, but God would give us all today a very tender heart to his word. I remember about three years ago, my heart started to act up. The first time I really noticed it, I was in my tree stand. Wasn't doing anything but sitting there and waiting for a deer to walk by and my heart started to beat out of rhythm and started to flutter and I got lightheaded and I got dizzy and I don't strap myself into a tree stand like I know you should. And so I actually was like, whoa, I'm going to fall out of my tree stand. And then it passed. And those episodes continued and continued and continued. Uh, from time to time, I would have two, three, four of them a week, but they'd be very short in duration. And that went on. And you know, it troubled me a little bit. I would share with my wife. There were sometimes when I was driving, it won't make any difference whether I was doing physical work or just sitting there. I'd be driving. I remember one time headed home from church. I thought I was going to pass out behind the wheel and I almost pulled over. And then all of a sudden it just passed and my heart stopped fluttering and beating out of sync. And so this continued. And uh, I remember I was sitting uh, last year, right around in December, my wife and I were sitting on the couch and I had a three-hour episode when my heart was just fluttering back and forth, and it was in AFib, and 
and just that feeling that came over me. And, and Shelly finally said, Dan, you better go get that checked out. You know, it wasn't a 30-second thing. It was a three-hour thing. And so I went and, you know, reluctantly, I went to the doctor, got that checked out. They found out what was wrong. I had a minor heart surgery. They did an ablation, and it went away, and I'm doing great. Yeah. After that, I asked myself the question, why did you wait so long? Why did you suffer for three years with this when you could have gotten that taken care of right away? You want to know why? Because I'm stupid. That's why. <laughs> but think about it. Are you concerned about the condition of your heart? Well, many people are. That's why they go to the gym. Right? How many here have a gym membership? Can I see your hand? Oh, that's three people. Okay. <laughs> Can tell you're all really concerned about your heart. That blew that right out of the water. How many here wear Fitbits? Can I see your hand? Oh, there's a few more. All right. Got to get in so many steps a day. How many are in competition with someone else with your Fitbit? Two, couple there, competition. All right. So we go to the gym, we wear Fitbits, we try to walk, we try to jog if we can. We try to eat healthy because we know, you know, what we put in our bodies, it affects our hearts. We read articles on heart health. We're concerned about our cholesterol. How many of you have, here have high cholesterol? Quite a few of you. I don't know why I don't, but I don't. I don't have high cholesterol. My wife has a higher cholesterol level than I do. Now you go figure that. But a high cholesterol level will affect the function of your heart. So many people are on meds to bring down their cholesterol level. How many of you here have high blood pressure? Can I see your hand? Okay, quite a few of you have high blood pressure. How many here take meds for your high blood pressure? Okay, everyone has high blood pressure taking meds. But why, why, why do you take meds for your high blood pressure? Because of how it affects your heart. You don't want to have a stroke. So you try to get your blood pressure down. When you go to visit the doctor, what is the first thing the doctor or the nurse does? What's the first thing they do? Take your blood pressure. What's the second thing they do? They listen to your heart. Take your blood pressure. They listen to your heart. It's the first thing that they do when you go in for a checkup. Many of us are concerned about our weight. Why are we concerned about our weight? Because it affects our what? It affects our heart. You know why we're all so concerned about our heart? Because when it quits, you're dead. You ever think about that? You ever think that heart failure is the number one cause of death? Quits beating. Heart disease. This is very interesting. Heart disease is the number one killer of both men and women alike. It kills more people than all forms of cancer combined. I was shocked at that. It kills more people than war. It kills more people than accidents. Heart disease causes approximately 40% of all deaths worldwide. I looked up the top 10 causes of death. Car accidents, number 10. We'll move up the list here. Tuberculosis, diarrhea. I was surprised about that. <laughs> Diarrhea is number eight. That's the number one. Alzheimer's, number seven. Diabetes, number six. Lung cancer, number five. COPD, number four. Lower respiratory infections, number three. Strokes, number two. Heart disease, number one. Why should we be so concerned about our heart's health? Why? Hello, it's not a trick question. Why should we, why should we be so concerned? 
Okay. Quits working, you're dead. Now, what about spiritually speaking? Are you as concerned about the spiritual condition of your heart as you are about the physical condition of your heart? When was the last time you went to Dr. God and asked him to do a thorough examination of your heart? For most of us here, we may say, Pastor, I cannot seriously remember the last time I went to Dr. God and asked him what the true condition of my spiritual heart is before him. Are you afraid? Are you afraid to go to God and get a heart checkup? Are you fearful of what God may find out about the condition of your heart? You know why some people have stopped going to church? Because they don't want to be confronted with the condition of their heart. They want to avoid it. You know why some people just do not take time to have their daily devotional life. Why? Because they really do not want to see what is the true condition of their heart. Why do some people get angry and upset with you when you try to bring some correction and counsel to them concerning the way they're living? You know why? Because they really do not want to face what the true condition of their heart is before God. So when was the last time you went in for an exam? You know, every time you come to church, you should be coming here to get a good, thorough examination. The Bible says, examine yourself, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves? Don't you even know right now, today, the condition of your heart? How many of you here have ever gone online when you've been having some symptoms, some health symptoms, and you've gone online and you've Googled up, uh, you know, some information on your health. Is there anyone here? Is there, wow, look at that. When was the last time you took God's medical journal and seriously examined your heart's condition before him. My dear church family, this is a very serious issue that we're dealing with today. It's an issue of life and death. The Bible said, for the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder in soul and spirit and of joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Pick it up. If you're sensing that things aren't right in your heart before God, pick up the medical journal. It will diagnose the problem. And not only will it diagnose it, it will tell you what the cure is. Do you long and do you love to hear messages that are convicting? That reveal to you the true condition of your heart? Do you know why I preach the way that I do? Because that's how I want to be preached to. I don't want to come into the house of the Lord and hear one of those feel-good messages. I want to come in and I want to be convicted about the sin that's in my life so I can get it out, so I can live a life that will be more pleasing and honoring to my God. But do you love to hear good, sound, solid, convicting messages? I'm going to tell you, we're in an era where people don't want to hear it.
Paul said to the Thessalonian church, he said, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard from us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, and I love this last statement, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. The word of God will have an effectual working in your heart if you allow it to. I would venture to say, however, that most of us here are probably more concerned about our physical heart condition than we are about our spiritual heart condition. If your heart started to do the same things that my heart has done, and some of you have been there, Larry, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You get concerned. Mike, you know what I'm talking about. How many times have you been to the doctor? They're trying to figure out what's wrong with your heart. But you know, I'm just going to tell you, we ought to be more concerned about our spiritual heart than we are about our physical heart. The Bible says bodily exercise profiteth little. It'll, it'll help your physical heart, but it won't do anything for your spiritual heart. Bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of life that now is and of that which is to come. You get your heart right, your spiritual heart right with God, I'm going to tell you there is profit now and on into eternity for that. The Bible so often speaks about the heart and the condition of the heart. You know, it has been said, at the heart of every problem is a problem in the heart. How many of you here are having some problems? Can I see your hand? Come on and get your hands up. How many are having problems? You can trace every problem to the heart. What an amazing thought. Paul said to the Ephesians, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, describing an unbeliever. Because of the blindness, the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. At the heart of every problem is a problem in the heart. Face it. The problems that you're having in your relationship go back to the problems that are in your heart. The problems you're having at work are problems in the heart. The problems you're having financially are problems of the heart. The Bible says, but ye Christians have not so learned Christ. That may be how the unbelieving world lives. But we have not learned Christ in that way. As ye have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, as you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which God has created in righteousness and true holiness. So many times the Bible speaks about our spiritual heart. I just took some time to go through. Actually, there's, I think it's 823 references to the heart in Scripture. Most of them are talking about the spiritual inner man, the thought life. But the Bible talks about, listen to this, a lustful heart, an evil heart, a hard heart, a doubting heart, an unbelieving heart, a gross heart. I met some people like that. A pricked heart, an uncircumcised heart, a foolish heart. I know lots of people like that. 
a darkened heart, an impatient heart, a veiled heart, an erring heart, a troubled heart, a sorrowful heart, a heavy heart, a heart that is not right with God, a heart that is far from God. But then on the other side of the coin, there is a converted heart, a pure heart, a humble heart, a good heart, an understanding heart, a believing heart, a single heart, a burning heart, a passionate heart, a purposed heart, a steadfast heart, an open heart, a caring heart, an obedient heart, a true heart, a heart that desires to do the will of God. When is the last time you prayed? Search me, O oh God. Do a thorough search. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. As I quickly ran through the various hearts that the Bible speaks about, did you see your heart in any one of those? Solomon told his son, son, guard your heart. Can I tell you something? We don't put enough guards around our heart. You know what a guard is? What's a guard? A guard who stands in uniform. What are they usually carrying? A weapon. And they stand there to guard can I tell you something? We need to put some guards. We need to put some soldiers around our heart. As I mentioned earlier, when the Bible talks about the heart, it's often referring to the inner man, that which you cannot see. I can only see your outer man. I can't see your inner man. You may have a very beautiful outward appearance, but be ugly on the inside. I only see your outer man, but there's something that God sees behind that outer man. Right? And that's the condition of your heart. Solomon said to his son, For as he thinketh in his heart, so what? As he thinketh in his heart. As a man thinks in his heart. The heart they're referring to the mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So son, keep your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it, out of those things that you think, out of that inner man, that person who you really are on the inside, comes all the issues of life. At the heart of every problem is a problem in the heart. Why? Because your thought life controls the rest of your life. I know some of you will probably be upset when I say this, but it is true. If you'll tell me what you think about most of the time, I mean, get dead honest with me and say, this is where my thoughts are, Pastor, most of the time, I'll tell you what the condition of your heart is, and I'll also tell you what kind of person you are. I know that may upset some of you because you're going to throw this at me you're just judging me. I got a message coming on that too, by the way. Judge or not to judge, that is the question. But I've had that thrown at me so many times. You're just judging me. I've had people leave our church because... They believe that I stand here and pass judgment on them. I want to tell you something. This book passes strong judgment. And you tell me what you think about most of the time. As a man thinketh in his heart, what? By their fruits ye shall... 
I'll tell you what kind of person you are, and I'll also tell you the way you're living. Show me your checkbook, and I'll get a pretty good idea of who you are, too. Oh, sorry, you don't use checkbooks anymore. Show me your online payments. Because we've got to rephrase things in this generation. Peter says this, gird up the loins of your mind. We just cannot let our mind just go loose. Gird them up. Take those thoughts and pull them in. Paul says this, cast down those imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity, gird it up, bring it into captivity, every thought, every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Fat people say, well, I just don't believe that. Can I tell you something? Whether you believe it or not doesn't change the fact that the word of God is true. Your thoughts, whether they are positive or negative, whether they're good or bad, control your attitude. Think about it. Your attitude is the sum total of your thoughts. Your attitudes in life lead to actions. You look at somebody and say, man, that, that person, he has, he has a bad attitude. If a person has a bad attitude... They're going to have bad actions. Yes or no? Where did it all start? It all started right here in the heart. God's word says that we are to be holy both in body and in spirit. Spirit referring to our attitudes. We're to be holy both in body and in spirit. Holy thoughts lead to what kind of life? Unholy thoughts lead to what kind of life? I heard this just recently and I jotted it down. It said the thought is the father of all deeds. The thought is the father of all deeds. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Someone once said, sow a thought, you'll reap an action. Sow an action, you'll reap a habit. Sow a habit, you'll reap a character. Sow a character, and you'll reap a destiny. Young people, does it feel like I'm always preaching to you? If it does, it's because I am. Because I love our young people. I love our kids to death here in this church. And if I can see them avoid some of the consequences that us as adults have had to reap, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to do my dead level best to speak into our young people's lives. So young people, what is your goal in life? What do you really want to achieve? Do you know you'll, you'll never achieve anything without thinking about it? Wasn't that profound? You'll never achieve anything without thinking about it. Your thoughts will lead to your attitudes. Your attitudes will lead to your actions. Your actions will lead to achievement. All beginning in your thought life. This is so fundamental that God destroyed an entire civilization 
because they had heart trouble. In Genesis chapter 6, it says this, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. I think he sees that again today. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. Therefore, God said, I must destroy man whom I have created. Can you imagine how that must have just broke the heart of God to realize because this civilization had such heart problems, he had to destroy them. So God sent forth a flood because men's thoughts were so wicked and their actions were so evil. They were a wicked and evil generation. Can I tell you something? We're still having those same heart problems today. And here's something else, my dear church family. I only know of one doctor that can perform a spiritual surgery and change a person's life. Preacher, how am I going to guard my heart? How am I going to put those soldiers around my heart? Armed and ready to do battle against anyone and everyone that would steal my heart away from God? The Bible tells us you have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be not conformed to this world. The world is trying to pressure you into its mold. And I have, I have never seen an age where the world is applying so much pressure on our youth to be conformed. You know what I want to see? I want to see a bunch of young men and young women that are going to stand up for God and say, No, I am not going to be pressed into this world's form. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How do we become transformed? By the renewing of our mind. That word renew means to renovate. How many of you here have ever done some major renovation in your home? I look at our home the way it was when we moved in and how it is now. Over those 20 years of living there, there's been a renovation that's taken place in our home. It's not the same home that we moved into. It means to reform. It means to rebuild. It means to repair. We have to renovate, reform, rebuild, and repair our thought life. For out of it are all the issues of life. When God is getting ready to change somebody, how does he change them? He changes their thinking. God changes a person by changing their thinking. God changes the thought process. He brings truth to us. And when we accept that truth and we believe that truth... We have a change of mind. Listen to what it's called. It's called repentance. Repentance is a change in your thought life that will change your attitudes and your actions in life. Many of you here today need a change in your thought life. 
And until that renewal comes, until that renovation comes, until that reformation comes, until that rebuilding comes, until that repairing of all your wrong thinking comes, you will not be transformed by the power of Christ. The power of Christ, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that takes hold of a person when they embrace the truth and they reject the lies of Satan. All this next week as we are in camp with our young ladies, we are going to be going through the lies that young women believe and the truths that will set them free. What are we doing? We're doing our best to change the thought process of our young ladies so that the Spirit of God can take control of their life. Some of you just need to admit, I have not put that guard. I have not put that protection. I have not been careful about my thought life. No wonder Satan battles so hard for our minds. Because out of it are the issues of life. Bible says some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. How important it is to keep your heart with all diligence. Always having those soldiers guarding and protecting. If your heart is not guarded and protected, Satan will, I guarantee you, he will establish a stronghold in your life. And once those strongholds are established, sometimes they can be very difficult to tear down. I'm not saying impossible, but they can be very difficult to tear down. So don't let Satan build them in the first place. Resist the devil. When God's word is in our heart, guess what? We're going to think right. We're going to live right. We're going to do right. But when God's word is absent, we're going to think wrong, we're going to do wrong, and we're going to live wrong. It's that simple. I'm going to conclude with this. That passage of scripture that we read in Proverbs chapter 24, the context of that whole chapter is Solomon speaking to his son Rehoboam concerning sexual temptations that he was going to face as a young man. Never have our young men and our young women faced the sexual temptations that they're facing today. I know those temptations have always been there, but they're more strong and they're more powerful and they're more accepted today than they've ever been in our society. So Solomon warns his son about having impure thoughts. Because he's saying, Rehoboam, if you think about all those sexual temptations that are out there, you're going to commit immorality. Rehoboam! You cannot think about a woman to lust after her in your heart. You think about that? When the opportunity comes, you're going to do it, Rehoboam. As I stopped and thought about these strong words of Solomon to his son concerning sexual temptation, I thought, I wondered if Solomon lived today. What would he be saying to his son? They didn't have pornography then as we have today. I wonder what he'd say to his son about all the pornography and the accessibility to pornography. What would he say today? What would Solomon say about the internet? What would he say? What would he say about social media? What would he say about these violent and wicked and occultic video games? 
What would he say about our entertainment? What would he say about the music of our day? What would he say about all the carnal friends that we've surrounded our life? What would he say today? I think he would say this, Rehoboam. Stay away from the internet. I think he'd say, don't, give, don't be involved in social media. I think he would say, don't spend hours playing these video games. Don't look to the world for your entertainment. Don't listen to the world's music. Be careful of those carnal friends. Do you think he'd say anything like that today, yes or no? This is a fact. Believe it or not, God created you and I so we cannot think two thoughts at the same time. Now you may say, no, I can think of two things at the same time. You cannot. It's impossible. It's impossible to think two things at the same time. You can think things quickly, but you cannot have two thoughts at the same time. So as I begin to think about that, that means if I'm thinking on what is right and what is good and what is holy, I can't be thinking about what is wicked and what is wrong and what is sinful. Light and darkness cannot exist in the same place. And so let me give you a word of counsel, my dear church family. Load up your mind with the truth of the word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart, in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Why? Because if you are, you can't think on the other things. This is so sad. Barna did a survey here recently. And in their survey, they found that only 35% of born-again Christians read the Bible at all. Only 35% of born-again Christians read the Bible at all. In addition, they found that the vast majority only of that 35%, the vast majority only read the Bible when they go to church. Am I describing you? And listen to this. The number of Christians who read the Bible on a daily basis is less than 10%. And we wonder why. We're not having revival. When you guard your heart, Solomon said to his son in verse 24, it'll govern your speech. Verse 25, it will guard your eyes. And verse 27, it will guide your steps. I want to close with these two last comments. If you really want to know the condition of your heart, remember what Solomon said to his son? Listen to what comes out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
I can honestly stand here before you today and tell you that since I was 17 years old was the last time a curse word ever came out of my mouth. You know why curse words have not come out of my mouth since I was 17 years old? It's not the condition of my heart. I remember when Mike Corser got saved and God got a hold of his heart and cleaned up his mouth. Remember that potty mouth you used to have? I'm telling you here, folks, you clean up the heart, you'll clean up the mouth. If you really want to know the condition of your heart, ponder your paths. Look at the way that you're living. Solomon said, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. How many have ever looked into the water and seen your face? What does your heart today reflect about you? You may be here today and you've never let Jesus come into your heart. I think of that song, come into my heart, come into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. We'll see, Graham, okay? Maybe you're here today and there was a time when you did open your heart to the Savior. But you've given ground back. Don't give place to the devil. You have to say today, you know what? I need to give my heart back to the Lord today. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.